What did we podcast about on Monday again? I don't remember. I think it was Google <laughs> and Apple. I know that all I remember is that Google and Apple announced their thing on Friday, and we talked about that, and I don't remember anything else. It's all blurring together. <laughs> you know, we haven't even launched yet. I'm not sure if this is a good sign or a bad sign. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just so ridiculous how days blur together. It's just crazy. That's right. Oh, you you should remember it because you took a shower and put on a button-down shirt. That was, oh, it, was, right. it was a big deal. That's right. It was Easter. Oh, now I, I remember. It's all coming it's back all, for me, Ben. It's all flooding back. It's all flooding back. I don't even think that was my last shower. I think I took another one after that. But you didn't put on a button-down shirt. No. Or a fresh shirt. <laughs> so two days on, if you, if you're, we were pretty optimistic about that deal when we sort of talked about it. Have you Anything has changed your mind since then? No, not really. I'm a little frustrated by some of the pushback in the press. I, I, I feel, and I don't want to single anybody out, but, and I get that it's good that the press is skeptical about privacy issues. And I think before this whole coronavirus thing erupted in the world, uh, the general skepticism and awareness in the press to privacy and location and ad tech all of this, it's a big complicated story. And the way that, that, it, that the media has sort of taken it as a top issue is, I think, good for the, the citizenry of the world. And of course, something that basically the, 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 you know, elevator synopsis of what Google and Apple have announced. Definitely, you know, you want to hear the details, but I feel like there's, it, it, it's not that complicated what they've announced so far. And I think you and I touched on this Sunday night or Monday, whenever we want to say that issue came out, that if anything, it's that what they've announced isn't doing enough. That's one of my criticisms of the response. Also, it's like on the opposite side, people complaining about this are like, well, this isn't actually going to be effective. And it's like the it's like the inverse of what you're saying. Like, so there's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, if you want it to be truly effective, you are going to have much more of a privacy concern. And if it's and if you're going to be super, you know, diligent on privacy, it's going to be more difficult to be more effective. And I actually kind of appreciate this because it really puts it quite clearly that there is a real trade off here. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And you know, and and uh, so for example. It it's very very clear when you read Apple and Google's technical spec. It it's really cogent and very easy for a non technical person to read. But that the only identifiers they're creating are just they're just random big numbers, thirty two byte uh, values. You know, which is two hundred fifty six raised to the thirty second power. It's a it's a gigantic n- number. And, and it's just a random number. And, and those random numbers to start with aren't based on your device. It's not like, oh, there's a unique device on your iPhone or Android phone. And then your unique identifiers derived from that. It's not certainly not derived from your personal identification at all, like your Google account or your iCloud account. It's just a random gigantic number. And then every 15 minutes, you, it, it derives a new number from that other number, which is 16 bytes long, and which is also completely random. And the only thing it's derived from is that even longer random number. And that 15 minute interval, it'll never be reused again. 
So any kind of thing, like I see people worried about ad tech, like, oh, you go strolling into a store once this is, you know, once <laughs> stores are open again in, in America, maybe the store sets up a beacon and it, and it listens for your thing that it's being advertised and it grabs that number. It, it, how can that ever be used to serve you ads again? It, it, there's no way it, there is no path from them taking that 16 byte value and then later on selling you ads because they knew you went into Sephora, you know, and now you're going to get makeup and skincare <laughs> ads because you're never, it, it, you never reuse it. It never gets reused. It can't be associated back to your device. It can't be associated back to you. It's, it's really pretty clean. Yet that's what people seem concerned about. I was going to make a joke about, yeah, because you and I spend so much time in Sephora, but then I realized you and I actually probably do spend a lot of time in Sephora. <laughs> I was trying to pick something. I wasn't going to, I was trying to pick something that was inclusive, Ben. But yes, I've been to Sephora many times. Yes, it's true. It is, it is true. It's especially the case for me because when I go to Sephora's, it's usually when we are traveling back to the U.S. So they are major trips to stock up for, for, uh, for, for time abroad. So I've spent a, a lot of time, uh, in, in Sephora and, uh, not usually for myself. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, do, I, I, I always say to my wife, didn't you pack a lot of this stuff? Why are we here on vacation? <laughs> yes. And then I just shut up. Yep, that's right. And it, it, like, it, then you always, it's like a slow process to sort of move towards, like, cause they have chairs so they can, like, do, like, demo, like, makeup on people. And you wait for someone to not be there and the, the tenant not be there. And then you can finally sit down for a while and then, <laughs> and then eventually get kicked out. And it's very sad. <laughs> By the way, is it bit or bite? Bites. So bits okay, I are trust you. I, I, I've, I've no idea which one it was. And you started yeah. talking. I'm like, I, yeah. I got very nervous. I, I misspeak sometimes, but a 32-bit integer would be 32 ones and zeros, whereas these identifiers are 32 byte values. So each of the 32 bytes is eight bits. Got it. And so, and it, but translates to actually a massively longer and larger, massively number. long number. Just a very. If you just type uh, in a calculator that will show you the actual number, 256 to the power of 32, it gives you this. It, enormous enormous number it's an enormous number space and that's really the best way for a layperson to think about it that it's just this gigantic number with uh, zeros and zeros and zeros and zeros and then and the one that's actually used in the beacon to your point is it, it changes every 15 minutes so it's it's yeah. not long lasting or anything on those lines nope. yeah that's exactly right and the other thing about if we go into you know if you're going into sephora is the whole point that Apple and Google have been pretty clear about is that when and if you can go into the Sephora, they're going to shut this system down. And, and so like there, there's a, you know, or I mean, within, you know, once this pandemic is passed and, you know, the other thing that Apple and Google did was they came back and they sort of clarified with the press that, that no one is going to have to use this. We're, we're not going to let governments sort of tell us what to do. And like, you know, into what I just repeat, what I just said, that we will shut this down when the appropriate time comes. What was struck me, though, and this is kind of like something I was writing about in my, in my weekly article. It actually struck me after we did our podcast was the <laughs> like it's basically Apple. We're trusting Apple and Google, but it's like uh, uh, appropriately so. Who else are we going to trust? Like their, their position and their relative power because they own these platforms is that they can basically say we are going to do what we think is right and no government can sort of tell us what to do. Like they meant it in a very friendly, don't worry, the government's going to track you, et cetera. But the implication of them being able to say that is, is actually kind of radical. 
it, it, one of the things I think we mentioned it when we talked the last time is is the idea of how do you keep people from you know a prankster from reporting that they you know got a positive uh, you know uh, test and therefore triggering every single person they've been nearby. Uh, they've thought of that. It's going to be the case that you need a one-time value from your healthcare provider after you test positive, that if you choose to report yourself as having come down with COVID-19, you have to have a, a one-time code to use to that, that comes from a verified health provider so that some prankster can't just walk around a crowded store getting as close to as many people as they can and then, you know, falsely saying, hey, I've got it and, you know, triggering a whole bunch of alerts among the people who they're nearby. So here's here's the question, though. If it does keep with the being as privacy focused as it is and it is totally optional and you have to go through this rigmarole of a healthcare provider getting you know the probably the there'll be the healthcare focused app they get a code for you give it to you you go and put it in and the problem is that because the the entire way the system works is if i have it turned on and you don't have it turned on like it, it falls apart right and it actually falls yeah. apart quite quickly you know you need to have a you know it's like herd immunity but it's like phone it's like fo- phone immunity and you need to get to a fairly large number for it to be effective and what happens do you think that apple and google if we if we get 6 months in if we're in august we're in september and it's looking like this is really actually a critical piece if we want to get things you know running again do you think they should be open to changing that i think they should i really do i think that this is such an extraordinary uh, situation that we have to be open to it. I really do. And, and hopefully they would do so in a way that it could be verified that if they have to do something more intrusive, that they could do it in a way that is still verifiably siloed from other information that they co- collect, you know, so that, you, you know, there'd be some sort of way for that we don't just have to take their word for it that if you, you know, do choose or, or once this is over and there's an all clear given that, that we can verify that they've flushed even more information if they need to collect it. I think you just nailed on, on the exact point. I completely agree with you. They need to be willing to do this. And this is why, like, the conversation about it, it needs to change, right? We can't have the tired, oh, oh is this going to be, you know, privacy, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we need to accept the reality that these companies can implement this, whether we want them to or not, and sort of have a conversation that deals with that. Because the problem is, is Apple and Google, in some respects, I think are still scared of their own power, right? That's why they're yeah. being so clear, it's going to be optional, you can put in this code, or put in all these sort of things. And we may end up in a situation where Apple and Google don't do what needs to be done, because they're almost scared of, of their power and sort of making it clear how powerful they are. And, and I think my, my argument what I was trying to get at yesterday is, we we have to be honest about this power because if we're not honest about this power, we can't actually make sure we take full advantage of it. Like we're, yeah. we've been living in this world, particularly over the last three to four years, where you know tech just sort of like listens to what the media says and and and, and fits in a particular narrative. And 
in the meantime, the, the, the tech companies are getting more and more powerful and making more and more decisions while the, the rest of us on the outside have no input. I was going to say little input, no input into it. And yeah. that's just the reality of how these platforms work. And this is a perfect example of how we need to be, be honest about that. And you, your point about verification I think is spot on. I think the solution to a lot of these problems of, of tech power is about transparency. It's about being super clear about what's happening and why and not letting stuff sort of just happen in darkness while we pretend – that the old world order still exists. <laughs> I, I agree with every word of that. You should be a Sorry, writer. I, I, was, I, was getting out of, I was getting out of my soapbox a little bit there. That was really eloquent. I really enjoyed that. I, I, I agree completely. I called my article coronavirus clarity just because I think the coronavirus in general has been clarifying. But I feel this Apple Google deal in particular is really, really clarifying. If you actually think through the implications of just that they have the capacity to announce something like this is is a really big deal that I'm not sure we've we've everyone is fully grappled with. Yeah, I agree too. As simple as this first stage of it is, and it is pretty simple, and it's kind of beautiful, you know, the, the way that it works. It really is kind of an elegant solution. Is it enough? I don't know, but I think the fact that they did it on their own, I, I agree with you. I don't think that that we collectively have fully grasped just how powerful it, it potentially is. Well, yeah, and it comes from a place of power. Yeah. It comes from a place of not cobalt. Is that how you say it? Is it is it cobalt? Yeah, cobalt. No, yeah, cobalt. Cobal. Yeah, I loved your article, by the way. Uh, we <laughs> mine was all about the overwhelming power of tech companies and how we need to wake up to it. And, you're, and you wrote this very whimsical piece about cobalt programming and coding. I, I I loved it. I love when you do like these whimsical type pieces. It's a good mix for me. It's like right. It is in a weird way, right down my wheelhouse, right in my wheelhouse, because it's both. A, oddly nerdy like this odd programming language from 1959 that's still <laughs> essential to large amounts of infrastructure not just in the u.s but probably around the world like banking and state governments and stuff but also like being a language nerd the other what i like about the the cobalt programming I, I remember i heard a long time ago like if you want to be employed forever become a plumber mm -hmm. and like you make good money and people never stop shitting to me that's like the this is the equivalent is being a cobalt pro programmer yeah, Glenn Fleischman, friend of my show and and friend of the internet, made that point today. Where he, you know, years ago, he told people, if you ever want to guarantee yourself forty hours a week of a nice living, become a pro COBOL programmer. Absolutely, absolutely. It got really lucrative with Y two K because it was the same type of situation, you know. And why it's in the news, just for anybody who didn't read my story, the why it's in the news is that a whole bunch of state states here in the U.S. have unemployment systems that are based on old COBOL systems, and they're overwhelmed at the moment. They can't deal with the capacity of claims coming in, and so they're looking for COBOL programmers, and most of the COBOL programmers who are alive today are retired. So here's the question. If someone comes in and, and does the plumber job, are they you, – you sort of teased out the difference between a coder – and a programmer, mm. but as someone who fulfills this role, they're almost more of a coder, right? And they're, they are maintaining the old program that was written by a programmer. I think it depends on what's needed to fix the problems, right? Like maybe it's just a little bit of coding and maybe you really need to re-engineer the, the entire system, which is much more programming than coding. Yeah, I, the distinction is is a really useful one. Like, I think there's something to this. Like, there's like author and writer. Like, I think right. there like this distinction is probably something that that holds in a lot of areas. And the internet, you know, like the explosion of ability to sort of publish because it's hard to do that. It, it, it actually makes it more important to distinguish who's actually doing this for keeps.